With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody, to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. I am hours away from uh, stepping on a plane and heading to New York for New York Comic Con. If you're going, I hope you'll stop and say hello. If you see me uh, milling about either in Artist Alley or uh, on the main floor, but uh, haven't been in New York in uh, the last two New York sessions, and I'm really happy to get back. Looking forward to a couple press roundtables that I'll be sharing with you here on the Word Balloon Podcast. No panels for me this year in New York. That's okay. It's, it's get, gotten uh, much tougher to uh, have uh, panels at New York, and uh, it's kind of interesting. A bunch of us have been talking about that uh, in the months uh, leading up to New York this time. I had a couple good ideas, but uh, they passed. And I understand they got a very busy schedule. So busy, there are even events happening at the Hammerstein Ballroom and at Madison Square Garden. So it's going to be a very interesting New York Comic Con this year as an observer. And I'll tell you about it when I get back, likely the next episode of Word Balloon you hear. But all that said, very excited about today's episode because Jeff Lemire is back. Man, is he on a roll? I am telling you, uh, he was kind enough to uh, show me a preview of A.D., the wonderful book that he has coming out with Scott Snyder very soon from Image Comics. It uh, looks and sounds amazing, and that first issue really blew me away. It was an expanded first issue. He's doing great work with Dark Horse on the Black Hammer. That's probably my favorite current Jeff Lemire book, and uh, it's a great look at a, at a former superhero team that uh, seems to have disappeared but is still kind of lingering around their big city, and we get into uh, their personal lives uh, since their uh, forced retirement, it's uh, it's very funny and uh, very interesting mystery that uh, Jeff is laying out in the Black Hammer. We also talk about Royal City, Jeff's upcoming book. Man, this sounds like a really interesting, sprawling kind of epic story, and I'm really looking forward to, to that book. Uh, we talk a bit about his uh, Marvel work like Moon Knight. I'm kicking myself, though. Because literally, after I uh, did the interview, I'm in a comic book store, and there's Old Man Logan. And I'm like, why didn't I talk to him about Old Man Logan? I love that book. You will probably love it, too. Tremendous book, him and uh, uh, Sorrentino doing such beautiful work on that book. We do talk a little bit about Moon Knight. Uh, Jeff is making a big splash in the Valiant universe as well, doing Bloodshot, and actually has me reading Bloodshot because it's Jeff Lemire. Same thing with Matt Kent's books. You know, you got to hand it to Valiant, man. They got great writers and great artists. Our buddy Fred Van Lenti is over there, Jen Van Meter. And I, I find myself reading more and more Valiant, which is fantastic. So uh, it's great quality stuff. And, and shame on me for, for taking so long to really take notice. But now all my buds are over there <laughs> writing and drawing this stuff. And I, I really want to uh, take advantage of it. So, yeah, now I'm reading Bloodshot. And immediately when, uh, when Jeff describes me his take on Bloodshot, I'm like, I'm in. Same thing with Ninjak. I'm in. Good, good stuff. So uh, it's great. And also uh, a very important project that Jeff is working on uh, regarding uh, some, some uh, interesting issues that uh, Canada is facing with its indigenous people and a part of its history that it's ignored for a very long time. And uh, Jeff and uh, the lead singer and uh, founder of uh, Tragically Hip uh, have gotten together 
and worked on this very important project called Secret Path. And you can tell from the change in my uh, the tone of my voice, this is really uh, an important project, and I'm really glad that Jeff opened up about it because it's clearly close to his heart, and I think it's a really important issue. And uh, it's going to make you want to learn a lot more about this, whether you're uh, down here in the uh, lower 48 or uh, up in Canada as well. Secret Path, and it's, it's a very important uh, Canadian project. So I'm going to let Jeff talk about that and give you more details. But uh, just a great... Uh, conversation with Jeff. It's been far too long, and uh, he's he's really one of the more thoughtful, I think, creators out there, and uh, I'm always interested in his point of view, and uh, it's great to catch up with Jeff Lemire on today's Word Balloon. It's brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support. Uh, in fact, uh, you are helping me as uh, I uh, board the plane and ha- head over to New York and hopefully make some uh, more new connections in Artist Alley and up uh, on the main floor and uh, provide you from uh, for some uh, provide provide you with some great uh, new content for Word Balloon, and it's on the backs of uh, of uh, the League of Word Balloon listeners uh, because they subscribe to Word Balloon. You don't have to subscribe to Word Balloon, but it'd be great if you did uh, through Patreon. If you go to wordballoon.com and uh, look on the Patreon uh, ad over there, it will take you to our Patreon homepage and a couple videos. And uh, if you like what you hear here, and you can afford a dollar or two to, to back the cause, that would be terrific. Word Balloon is free. It will always be free. But if you uh, think uh, what I uh, provide is worthwhile and uh, gives you uh, some, some good lengthy entertainment each month, then uh, you'd be helping me out uh, with a uh, subscription to Word Balloon. So thank you once again, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And there are tremendous Jeff Lemire products waiting for you at InStock Trades, whether it's superhero stuff or his wonderful creator-owned stuff. Things like The Complete Essex County. Uh, wow, what an amazing book. And, uh, you know, Jeff's got it uh, there at InStock Trades at 30% off, just $20.96. You can get volumes of Jeff's wonderful Vertigo run on Sweet Tooth. The first volume is 45% off, just $7.14. The rest are about $8.24. And uh, another th- great thing, a great single book, The Nobody. Tremendous uh, story from, again, a Vertigo DC uh, publication. And that is 45% on $8.24. You can get his run on Superboy, Smallville Attacks. The trade paperback is 45% off, $13.74. Of course, his wonderful run on Animal Man with uh, Travel Foreman, other great artists. Volume 1, The Hunt, is 45% off, $8.24. There are other volumes of Animal Man as well. Justice League Dark, great run, funny stuff. Really brought, uh, I think, a good spirit and energy to uh, Justice League Dark. And we've got the new Justice League Dark animated feature coming up soon. But uh, you can get Volume 2, The Books of Magic, from uh, Jeff Lemire and Pete Milligan. And uh, it is uh, 45% off, $9.34. Uh, any Marvel product? Let's look around here. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bopping around, so we'll, we'll see if we got a little Marvel product. We've got the Valiant trade paperback, which is 30% off, just $6.99. Uh, of course, Descender, his wonderful series uh, with uh, Dustin Nguyen, 45% off for uh, Volume 1, $5.49, and uh, lots more. So uh, do yourself a favor. Uh, here, I got. I did find a Marvel book. Hawkeye, of course. Him and Ramon Perez, 42% off uh, for Volume 5 of all-new Hawkeye. It's just $9.27. So 
So there's there's a ton of product. I mean, I'm looking at six pages of Jeff Lemire works at InStockTrades.com. Uh, do yourself a favor. Check it out for yourself. InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, very happy to welcome back Jeff Lemire. So let's uh, get to this conversation now. Jeff Lemire joins us on Word Balloon. So I got Black Hammer, AD, Secret Path, Royal City, your Valiant stuff yeah. we can mention, and um, sure. you know, and briefly Marvel or whatever. Now, are you done with Moon Knight, or are you still on Moon Knight? No, Moon Knight's still going, yeah. That's cool. been going really well. We can talk about that. People Excellent. are into that one. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, good deal. Fantastic. Yeah. You know, I always got to catch up. Seriously, Black Hammer is, I, I love it, and we'll, we'll get into it, but Royal City and AD, you're, you guys are at it again. I mean, AD, I know it's you and Scott, but Royal City too, man. You're just, you're, in, you're insane in a good way. I, I love this shit. It's so bleak, but good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Truly. Bleak, but good. Uh, you my, know, uh, my gravestone's going to say that. Oh, he God bleak, forbid. But good. No, no, that's that's decades away. I'm leaving that in because I got I, I it's a, it's a, it was an impromptu observation I had for Jeff Lemire. He's bleak but good, but uh, always compelling. He's got a lot of creator-owned stuff we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about some Marvel and Valiant stuff as well. But, my God, there's it's just a stack of amazing creator-owned stuff right now. Welcome back to Word Balloon, Jeff Lemire. Hey, thanks. It's been way too long, John. It's I, good to talk to you. I know, and I apologize for that. I was saying that as we were just oh, getting started. It's my fault, too. I've been avoiding you. So. <laughs> I kind of think so sometimes. That's all right. How are things up up uh, up north and everything, man? Uh, and I for well, no, yes, of course you're a huge hockey fan. Um, gearing yeah. up for the season, obviously. Yeah, well, the world the World Cup of hockey is is yes. happening right now in Toronto as I speak. Uh, so that's that's very exciting. Okay. And uh, I've kind of got baseball fever now too with the Blue Jays. So I'm. Uh, yeah, there's lots there's lots going on here. That's sports wise cool. that have been good. I have to for, I have for, to admit. Uh, I was going to say, I have to admit, you know, I'm kind of detached since uh, not working in sports radio anymore. And, oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, actually, my guy who is the PA announcer for the Blackhawks, the great uh, Harvey Wittenberg, was telling me that a lot of the guys are up playing in the World Cup and everything. And, uh, yeah. You know. Yes, there are many Blackhawks, which is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Sports are kind of my uh, my only escape from comics, so I kind of enjoy them when I can. Understood. Well, you're as I said, you, you've got a huge stack of amazing things going on right now stuff that's coming up and uh stuff that's uh, currently in process black hammer from dark horse man i love it it yeah. is it, that is Thanks. great you know you're always great when it comes to doing traditional superhero stuff but of course i love when you always put your bizarre twist on it and uh this is uh this is an amazing um nod to the golden age and uh yeah it's yeah, been yeah, sir. Uh, yeah, that's been a project that's been percolating for years and years. I mean, it's kind of interesting because I came up with Black Hammer right after I finished Essex County. Um, so that was kind of going to be my, yeah, it was going to be my next thing after that that I was going to draw myself way back in, I don't know, 2007 or whatever, whenever that was. And um, But then, you know, things happened. Sure. Uh, Sweet, Sweet Tooth happened instead, which was great. And you bet. Black Hammer kind of got shot to the side, but... I never, I kind of always loved the idea, you know, of these, these, of exploring, you know, my love of superhero comics and the history of superhero comics. But, you know, through that same kind of lens that I, I did Essex County and stuff, you know, small town family life and stuff. And, um, anyways, yeah, long story short, uh, I never, I never stopped thinking about the book. And then when it became obvious, I couldn't draw myself because I was already drawing other things. And, and uh, 
once I started doing Descender with Dustin, that kind of opened the door for me to realize it's okay to do creator own books that I, I didn't necessarily draw myself as well. So the, <laughs> then I contacted, uh, uh, I had, I had met Dean, Dean Ormston, the artist, um, in the UK a few years ago at a convention. Okay. Um, and I, I was just a fan. I was a fan of his because he had done this book for vertigo that I love called, um, books of magic war during lifetime or some life life during wartime. It was like, a, I think it ran for like what 15 or 20 issues. It was kind of like an early 2000 sort of, uh, reboot of the books of magic stuff with mm-hmm. Timothy Hunter. But, uh, Dean had drawn that and I thought it was just incredible and a really underrated comic at the time. So I was a big fan of his. I met Dean at that show and we talked and he's a great guy. And we kind of talked about doing stuff. I think for a while, there was some talk of Dean doing a couple issues of Animal Man. I guess I would have been doing. I guess so. I guess I had just started doing Animal Man back then. Okay. When I met him, uh, but we stayed in touch. And then I'm I'm rambling, but the point is, yeah, I I asked Dean if he wanted to do Black Hammer, and and here we are. So, well, his yeah. his style seems to you know kind of be close to your style. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I kind yeah. of feel like it a little bit. It really works. I mean, I think I don't know. It's hard to say if it's close, but it's definitely like me. It's not your traditional, you know, really sleek mainstream superhero kind of style. True. You know, um, yeah, yeah. And I, I knew whoever did this book, if it wasn't going to be me, it needed to be someone who, when they drew superheroes, they didn't look like any other superheroes you'd ever seen. You sure. know, they didn't look like because it could very easily kind of just become the thing I was commenting on. You know, if you had like, you know. Jim Lee or Ivan Reese or one of these guys who I love, but if you had them drawing Black Hammer, it would just become a, a mainstream superhero comic. It wouldn't become, you know, it needed to be something left of center. So Dean certainly, certainly brings that kind of horror element to it. Um, the really kind of skewed vision that really works, I think, with with what we're doing. But yeah, you know, I think when I started the book way back when, I had never written any actual superhero books professionally, you know, and um, this was sort of more my love letter to all that stuff that I loved growing up, you know, all the, all the DC stuff when I was a kid. And, um, and then now doing it years later where I have written all kinds of stuff for DC and stuff, it, it really brings a different perspective to it. So I kind of, it's been a really unique project in that it sort of encompasses my whole career in a, in a weird way, you know, so sure. I'm very, very proud of it. I, I think it's, it's definitely one of the best things I've ever done. And, and it's so, it's so nice to see people responding the way they have. It seems to really have really be finding an audience. That's, that's always exciting, you know, create your own stuff to, you kind of get the sense that you're going to be able to stick around and, and tell the story you want to tell. Well, it's recognizable tropes, but obviously you're putting your own twist on them. And in some cases, a very horrific twist, but um, has, has your work at DC or Marvel influenced a specific look at any of uh, the, the characters that you have in Black Hammer? Not really, because I had developed all those characters well before I had worked on that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was more, like I said, it was more the stuff I loved as a kid, you know, growing up. Sure. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious you can see these characters in Black Hammer. Are, some of them are pretty clear <laughs> analogs oh, yeah. for, you know, for certain DC characters and stuff. But um, I would, I, so I wouldn't say the characters have been informed by the work I've done at Marvel and DC, but I think now the story, the, the path the story takes has really evolved and changed. And I don't want to spoil things obviously, but sure. as we get into the the second and third arc of, of black hammer, you'll really see kind of a meta commentary on superhero comics in general. <laughs> and so, yeah, and you know, not, necessarily, not necessarily a 
that I know I know to criticize them or whatever, but it's just you know, it's uh, it's kind of fun to take a step back and look at the industry and where where superhero comics are at and, and kind of be able to comment on them from the outside instead of just being stuck in it when I'm you know like I am at Marvel or DC. Sure, no, definitely. Now and forgive me, I don't have the Black Hammer comics in front of me. Uh, who's uh, what's the girl's name? Is it Golden Girl? Golden Gale. Golden Gale. Thank you. Okay, great. Yes. Got yeah. it. I mean, that's that's tremendous. And for people, I won't yeah. I won't go into detail for people who maybe haven't started picking it up. But are you on the third issue or the fourth issue? The third comes out tomorrow as we're speaking. It'll oh, come great. Tomorrow. Yeah, and I've written uh, I've written eighteen scripts already, so I'm way ahead of of Dean, and so I kind of know where everything's kind of going, and it's given me the benefit of going back and kind of reworking earlier scripts. To, based on stuff I figured out later on and stuff like that. So it's been, uh, it's, it's really nice to be able to work so far ahead, but yeah, Golden Gales kind of seems to be the fan favorite already. So <laughs> <clears throat> she's this, uh, 60 year old, 60 year old woman stuck in the body of a, a you know, a nine year old girl, and, uh, which sounds like it would be great. But when you're, when you're stuck there and you can't change back and, you know, you have all these sort of thoughts and impulses and, and desires of, a, of an adult woman, but you can't act on them as a child. It's it, it's kind of horrific and almost like this prison, you know. Sure. Uh, so it's a, a real twist on the whole magic word Shazam kind of thing. Oh, God, I loved I loved her origin, which, you know, is, is <laughs> you know, that was fantastic. And, yeah, the poor little thing stuck in the stuck in the girls room. It, 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 you can only imagine. I mean, God, even at my age, thinking if you were stuck in middle school. At that, yeah. you know, with that, with that brain, and in, in that kind of tedium and everything, and smoking and just kind of muttering her magic word, hoping to finally change back, and it's just not happening. And just cursing a blue streak. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty great. It was a great scene with the principal and everything too, and her her grandfather in air quotes, obviously another team member. Yeah. So so yeah, you know, run through the because it, it, Barba- Barbalian is that is that yes Barbalian yes is, is uh <laughs> you know he's uh. He's very much like a, a Martian Manhunter kind of gem son of Saturn sort nice. of, you know, this this sort of super alien barbarian character sure. stuck on Earth. And uh, his the third issue really delves into his his, <laughs> his origin and you kind of figure out some of his little personality quirks. Um, well, so we got Abraham Slam is sort of the golden age, you know, traditional, the original mass crime buster, you know, from the golden age and who's not really super powered, but. He's really very much the father figure, or the I guess grandfather figure now of this this weird little surrogate family. And who else? We get Colonel Weird is you know Adam Strange. That one's yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I, I was I was pretty clear. It's sort of like Adam Strange or or <laughs> you know David Bowman from two thousand one Space Odyssey. You know, sure. when after after they've made contact and and it's completely fried their brain and. Yes. and open their consciousness to things beyond this world. And so it's sort of, he's sort of this very tragic character as well. But, uh, and then what else do we have? We have, uh, Madam Dragonfly is kind of my, I don't know, you know, Madam Xanadu, Abby Arcane kind of seventies, eighties house of mystery horror kind of character. Sure. Um, and she's very, obviously very mysterious. So I'm not going to talk about her because she's, uh, her stuff kind of comes in a bit, a little bit later in like issue six, seven and, Okay. It starts to really uh, inform some of the mystery of the book, but and then uh, Black Hammer himself, sort of the, the who the book's named after, was the the six hero who's no longer on the farm and and with the others and and sort of the uh, the story of what happened to him and why he's not there. Well, 
again also that's something that's coming as well sure. his daughter lucy is um is a key key player in the book she's sort of still stuck in the real world or the world that they were wiped out of and she's she's looking for her father and his friends so yeah she's kind of the lowest lane or whatever of the uh yeah she's the lowest lane uh and then she becomes something totally different but i'm not gonna all right get into that but she becomes a pretty a pretty big player <laughs> as as the book moves forward okay very cool and um, yeah. you know forgive me because honestly i i keep asking this of the creator own people now uh it, it you know so it's an ongoing but it is a finite series do you have it mapped out of where you want it to go yeah well i've written i've written 18 issues and, and as of now that's the end of end of the the series okay um, but it's already kind of become one of those things like with Sweet Tooth or other things that I've done where I'm already seeing now ways that it could kind of <laughs> continue or spin off into slightly different directions and maybe last a bit longer. So the benefit of working so far ahead of now is I can kind of look at what I have and, and sort of let it grow where it wants to grow without forcing it. So it, I, I, I guess the short answer is it's probably at least 20 issues and then, you know, um, I'm kind of in love with the world and the characters, so I wouldn't be surprised if it just keeps growing into something bigger. Okay, okay. Because I, I, yeah. just, I just talked to Azzarello and Riso and, and Dave Johnson, the 100 Bullets team in, mm -hmm. in Cincinnati. And, the, you know, I mean, honestly, I keep having this conversation with people like Nick Spencer, and you're a good guy to do this too because, you know, you've had your uh, Vertigo series as well as your, your full creator-owned, uh, like, image stuff. And it's just, yeah. it's a different environment now. It's even a different environment of what it was when Sweet Tooth was happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, we kind of, you know, when Sweet Tooth started, I, I was, I thought I'd be lucky to get seven or eight issues before it was canceled, you know? And um, whereas now you kind of, for the most part, you control your own destiny with Image where, sure. you know, you're paying for it yourself. And, and as long as the book's making a profit, you can, in theory, keep it going as long as you want or as short as you want. So you, and the, the great thing about that is now you can just let the story dictate the length, you know, so um, you can you can make every project kind of tailored to whatever it wants to be. You don't have to follow any set model, you know, like the thing I'm doing with Snyder is it just wanted to be a finite thing. So that's going to be like a three, three oversized issues. And Descender is one of those books that, you know, it might go for 60, 70 issues, you know, if it, wow. if it keeps doing well. So, okay. you know, it just you just kind of let each project be what it wants to be and, and be true to itself, which is a f very freeing and very creatively a wonderful, wonderful kind of era we live in with the success of creator own books. You know, I, I certainly very lucky. How uh, le before we get to AD, let me let me ask you about Descender. Is it is yeah. it still going uh, every you know every five issues and take a break and then five more issues? How's, how's yeah, but going? we only take one month off, so it's just just to let Dustin kind of catch up a bit. But sure. yeah, so we're not we're not taking big hiatuses like uh, so I know some of the other books take a, a number of months off between arcs, but we just take one month. Um, so yeah, it's it's an ongoing, and Dustin's just finishing the third arc, and I've written the fourth, so wow. I try to stay one one arc ahead of him. Uh, so I've written, you know, I'm on issue 22 or something, and I have the thing plotted out now to be getting, it's getting closer to 50 issues all the time. And it started off as 30, so, Interesting. you know, it just kind of just grows and grows. And, but that it's, it's such an easy collaboration with Dustin and, uh, and we're having so much fun. And I guess as long as we still love the, the world and the characters and, and as long as the story still feels like it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not, just extending itself for the sake of extending itself we'll right. keep it going but yeah so that's uh but you know that's a big it's a big story with a big 
canvas, you know, so that that's, that's one where I feel like it could be, you know, a 60, 70 issue thing. And, so it, and it's, Dustin, it's fun. Dustin still, you know, I mean, Dustin's still engaged and is loving it. And, you know, well, and, and also more importantly, I mean, like you said before, uh, the core audience is there so you can, you know, handle, whoops, hang on. Sorry about Hello? that. Yeah, sorry about sorry, that. Sorry, someone uh, someone rang my phone and then oh no problem, man. Sorry, no worries. Yeah, I was saying Dustin. Dustin's still uh, he's still engaged as far as I can tell. Okay, I try not to talk to him as much as I can because he's very difficult personality. But we uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know you're kidding. Absolutely, yeah. He's uh, <laughs> he's the best. He's literally it's like. I swear it's the easiest collaboration I've ever had with anyone. It's like we share a brain. We don't even talk. <laughs> we just, which sounds bad, but it's like a good thing where he just, you know, we just totally get each other. And uh, I don't know. It just seems like we were meant to work together for a long, long time. So we've even talked, you know, after Descender, whenever that is, just, just keeping it going with the new, new projects the way that, oh, that's great. you know, Brubaker and Phillips have kind of become this, you know, tandem that just keeps doing creator books, you know, and, creating this brand that's all their own kind of thing you know and i that's feel like cool. dustin and i could, could do that you know i would, already have a couple ideas of what we would do next so. would you switch yeah. gears and go to a different genre or would you stay in sci-fi there, yeah no i think we'd switch gears i, I, I okay. think i think this will be our sci-fi book at least at least for now until we you know the next one will be uh, yeah I, I won't spoil it but the, the stuff sure. i'm talking about to do with him will be a few years off anyone but it wouldn't be i don't think we'd do sci-fi right away we'd do something different and then you know could maybe come back to sci-fi again or whatever but yeah. that's cool what kind of back matter do you have in uh in uh in descender we do not i None? uh okay no you know i know it's i know fans love that stuff and i wish i i had more time to do it but the truth is like got like five marvel books yeah, four creator own books and then Jeez. i'm drawing two books it's like something <laughs> has to give i just <laughs> i don't have time to do back matter but i will with I, not to jump ahead in our conversation but i will be having all kinds of back matter in my next image book royal city royal city doing, excellent so. yeah, yeah 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 well and i and you know yes you've you've allowed me to sample ad and royal city so uh i want you know yeah. i, I kind of figured that was going to be this the main stuff we're going to talk about so that's yeah that's well great. before we jump ahead just Please. on the sender on the on yeah. the back matter i think i should say that dustin is like a fiend for in addition to doing his work, which he always gets done on time miraculously, he also just sketches nonstop. And he has so many Descender-related doodles, sketches, design things that he just does on the side for fun. That one day, whenever we do the deluxe hardcover, it's going to be amazing to finally bring all this stuff together. So yeah, there is there's okay. going to be a lot of stuff. It's just, yeah, maybe, maybe we should start putting it in the monthlies. But uh, like I said, we just... I tried to do a letter column for a while, and even that, just I didn't have time. And then I you feel you, bad because you're, you know. Yeah. So I guess you could focus on getting the comics out on time, and that's got to stay the priority. And then if I have time for the other stuff, you know. Well, like you said, no, that's cool. Like saving it for the hardcover. I, I, you know, there's there's a good argument for that versus uh, putting it in, in the monthly sometimes, you know. So that yeah, uh, you know, I, I like it. That's that's great, man. And no, gorgeous book and a wonderful sci-fi story. I mean, Jesus, you know, it's uh, it's yeah, it, Dustin's it, amazing. Good timing too, man. You know, with shit like Ex Machina and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dustin, he's he's so great. You know, I just it's so fun to see his artwork come back every every month, and 
Yeah, he's he's awesome. That's excellent. You talk about him all day. Yeah. No, I hear you. Well, and I kind of figure we got only got a finite period of time here, so usually, like <laughs> you and Wade, it's like always like an hour. So I feel like, all right, let's let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. But uh, <laughs> tell me about no. So uh, in order of what's coming up, as far as your creator own stuff, sure. is is World City going to come out before AD? No, AD will start in November. Okay, uh, it's three months, three issues, and then Royal City will be March. So they'll okay. kind of one after another. Yeah. Oh man, you gave me so. a nice preview on uh, on uh, Royal City. If it's still six months away, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty. I like to, I like to uh, be really far ahead on things. <laughs> so I'm. Well, yeah, I'm well. I got the first issue of that done, the second issue done, and then I kind of had to put it aside to. To work on uh, to finish up AD, so it was kind of good that I started so early. Yeah. Well, let's talk about AD because yeah, like you said, yeah. so it's coming up in November. It's you and Scott Snyder. Um, yeah. Now, because really, it's it, I mean, you gave it to me, and it's sixty pages, and it, it looks great. I love the fact that you're doing, you're both doing prose and comics in terms of yeah. its storytelling. Tell me about the decision to go that route. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole project has had a weird a weird evolution in that, you know, I think originally Scott had mentioned it to me. I, this might've been 2012, 2013. We were just, he had this, this idea for this story that became AD and he had mentioned it to me over coffee. I think we were at a, a DC summit or something at the time in New York. And I just really fell in love with the idea. As soon as he kind of told it to me, I just, I just, I could see it, you know, and I, I said, Oh man, I'd, I'd love to draw that if every time or whatever. And, um, and at the time, I think it was just going to be a, a short story that he, had, he was going to do, like a, like 20 pages or something, you know. And um, so we said, yeah, let's do it sometime or whatever. We'll do it as like a one shot or something. And and so we we kind of just left it at that. And then when we, you know, a year later, whenever we finally sat down to figure out what it would be and when it would be, the story kind of just kept growing and growing. And uh, so then it became an original graphic novel that we were going to do. It would be like 150 pages. And that's what we announced originally, I think, with Image was just we were going to go straight to graphic novel, hardcover. Um, and then again, so we start, started working on that and it just kind of grew and grew. So we uh, it got to the point where we realized you could either wait and put it out as like a 250 page graphic novel or whatever, or we could maybe split it up into books because the story itself kind of seemed to have natural breakpoints, like three sections. So um so we decided to to do what we're doing now, which is three, you know, 70, 80 page volumes will be oversized kind of prestige format, you know, cool. nice card card covers and stuff. And uh, and then eventually we'll obviously collect it. But for now, so we're, we're yeah, for now, we're serializing it and starting November. And um, I guess to get to your question about the pros, that just kind of came out of the, the story, too. You know, originally it was just going to be comics, but I know Scott's been kind of itching get back doing some prose because i'm not sure how much you know about his his sort of story his history but scott started off doing prose you know he did short story collection first and um that's kind of the world he came from the literary world and then then got involved in comics um and i knew i i knew he'd been itching to to kind of get back to that in some form you know and and this kind of seemed like the project the more we talked about it that we could do whatever we wanted you know we weren't limited to the 22 page monthly comic format where you sure. have to have, you know, a, pl- a cliffhanger and, you know, you know, all the tropes that you need to do with a, a usual series. Um, we we kind of had the freedom to just experiment and, 
and Scott had never really done a graphic novel or done a project like this outside of that format. So I think he just embraced it and had proposed the idea of kind of doing a mixture of him doing prose and I, I would do these spot illustrations and the prose and, and then mixing that with traditional comics and, and kind of trying to create something just new and different for both of us. And, and uh, so, yeah, it just sort of evolved out of us trying to experiment and play with format and, and just do something different than what we'd, we'd done in the past and what we, what we're doing now, you know? Absolutely. I, I think it's very helpful actually that um, the hero's inner monologue is represented in this prose because you do kind of get inside his mind and also your illustrations of those uh cassette tapes and everything i think <laughs> yeah yeah hey man, it's I, been... i'm from that i'm from that cassette uh, i'm from that beginning of that unfortunately <laughs> cassette generation so there is something about you know a mixtape and and that kind of stuff versus even cds there really is a difference and i kind of miss that and it and it really does work for this kind of like i said inner monologue narrative yeah, the story, I mean, I don't want to spare any of this, yeah. the mysteries of the book, but the story itself is about, um, you know, it's it's a future futuristic setting where the, there's been a genetic cure for death and there's a society of people living, you know, hundreds of years afterwards. Uh, and our, our, our main character, Jonah Cook, is, is one of these people and he's he's kind of instrumental in, in, in helping this cure, helping discover this cure and facilitate it. And so it picks up with him, uh, hundreds of years in the future after he's after they've undergone this procedure and so where the comic sections are set in this world in the present or in the future uh world uh and then the prose sections that scott's writing are sort of him looking back on his past you know in his own personal history and, mm -hmm. and connecting connecting his past to the future and, and so yeah, yeah so you know just using those two different formats to play with memory versus you know a few, this future world and, and kind of nostalgia versus uh, futurism and, you know, a lot of fun thematic stuff we're playing with mortality versus memory. And it's been, uh, it's been a really crazy project to work on, you know, cause Scott's, uh, Scott's a great writer and I've never worked with, I've never done something so big that I haven't written myself that I've drawn. So it's been, uh, I was a little scared at first, you know, if I could, do it and but it's been it's been fun to work with scott you know we were such good friends and yeah we talk all the time and anyway about everything and then to be able to now i talk about something every week every day that we're both kind of sharing in together and creating together it's been really rewarding no it's it's very ambitious and i will be interested to hear what a lot of uh the comics reading community says because I am. I have no problem with prose. I think it's great, and I do love when it's combined. The Immamins, uh last year or two years ago had a great book that they worked on that was part prose and, and part comics. And, oh yeah, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's you know, but I know some people are like, you know, if I wanted to read a book, I would have bought a book. Thanks. You know, but it's you know, <laughs> who was that? Who who was that that said that? I have a specific podcast. It in sounded mind. like Matt Kent to me. That's hilarious. But I don't know. <laughs> Matt doesn't sound anything like that. That's fantastic. I know. I just I mean, I like any that. chance I can get to insult Matt, I take. So. Well, I'm going to bring up Valiant later, and you're both doing interesting work <laughs> with Valiant. So, but in the meantime, uh, no, seriously, man, great, amazing first issue. I really enjoyed it, 
And Thanks. I, you know, and yeah, I, I knew about Scott's background. I'm glad you explained it though, because it I think it's both of you at your at your strengths. And like so, yeah. so in this collaboration, are you? Oh, forgive me. Go ahead and say make a statement if you want to. But I, no, I think I'm. It probably is going to going to answer your next question. I was just going to say it's it's interesting that you know the, the if you look at stuff Scott and I do, the other stuff we do, um, as good as friends we, as we are, I think our stuff's actually quite different in that Scott uses a lot of. Scott uses a lot of narration, a lot of, you know, he, he really embraces the fact that he's such a great writer and with his stuff, whereas my stuff tends to be a lot more sparse and quiet, mm-hmm. you know, I, yes. I, I don't use as much internal monologue with my stuff. And so it, if you look at the book, you can kind of see that, you know, you have this, the pro stuff and then you have the comic stuff, which tends to be for the most part, the comic sections are quite sparse and silent and there's, there's lots of silent panels and pages and stuff and there's no interior monologue in those so you kind of really do see both of our styles blending in a you know it's kind of the best of what we both do kind of together it's absolutely pretty proud of it yeah no man it's it is it's like two musicians kind of jamming and and you know coming up with a you know where you can see the influences of both guys but you you or women and and you feel the the collaboration becomes something of its own and it's okay because you're you know you're especially showing this world um, you know, it, it, it requires you to really kind of take in the 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 world building that you're that you're doing on the page. And um, it also, you know, it's still kind of a mystery of what this world represents. So I think that kind of works. And, it, you know, again, you're 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 getting into Jonas's mind and then seeing the, you know, and, and appreciating where he came from as he makes this journey to the world he currently exists in. So it's uh, I think it works. Thanks, John. Yeah, yeah. we're we're pretty. <laughs> pretty proud of it i think yeah. it's gonna be something if if nothing else you know be something really different yes so, very distinct uh, absolutely yeah well and that's the hard thing to do right now because i think this is this is a really great time where you guys can make your bones in the mainstream and you always you know i mean you had already started you know with things like essex county and stuff and was you were already gathering your audience before you really went to dc and marvel and stuff but now it really is with i i think both of your successes you really can go into and stretch into different directions and and see what the audience thinks of it. Yeah, I mean, if there was ever a time for us to experiment, it's probably now, just yeah. because we have we have such a safety net and that we're all we're doing so much other stuff too that that's well received. That you know, if this falls flat, we'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know, and I, I think I know we're going to talk about Royal City, but yes. it's just kind of what you said, kind of echoes my sentiments on that where I wanted to do another ongoing book like sweet tooth that I wrote and drew myself. And, but I, you know, I want, I thought if there was ever a chance for me to get back to doing the kind of stuff I did in Essex County and underwater welder that maybe wasn't so uh, genre based and high concept driven, this would be the time to experiment with that as well. You know? So I think that's part of why I kind of, instead of doing another sci-fi book like sweet tooth or something, I kind of went back to, doing slightly more grounded stories with Royal city, just because again, if there was ever a time for me to try something like that and, and uh, experiment, this is probably it. So that's excellent. Now let's get into Royal city because uh, it's got almost a soap opera feel to it because it is kind of focusing on this, this town and this family. And it really did feel like, I mean, what I know from listening to even like old time radio, where it's like, this is the city, the city's, you know, based on this, one manufacturing kind of company and everything. And <laughs> everyone gets their w- livelihood from the city. 
And, you know, this is kind of a, I, I would assume, almost like, you know, the cautionary tale of a lot of what uh, Rust Belt uh uh, state, you know, uh, cities in the in the United States, and I imagine Canada suffers the same thing, where it was like kind of a factory based uh, community yeah. that now is uh, on the downside. And and what happens yeah. to that? Uh, you know, when when the business dries up and what everybody relied on, you know, can't can't sustain a community's income anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of I, I, it is the same here as, as in many, sure. the, many places in the states. I'm sure where yeah, like the you know these whole economies, these whole cities built around industry and, and manufacturing and, and and stuff in the in the fifties or whatever. Sure. Now are just sort of dying, you know, and yeah. and uh, you know they're the cities themselves are dying. The people are moving away from them, moving to cities. And so yeah, the Royal City is very much that kind of a place that its its best days are behind it, you know, and it's kind of in its its death throes. And it um so the city itself is sort of the setting and the character, but we focus in on one family who's also kind of been split apart and falling apart, and which is obviously something I've, I like to explore in a lot of my stuff. And you know, it's really the story of this one family in this town, and and um, and sort of the one thing that binds them together was the death of their youngest sibling back in the '90s uh, when he was 14, and that kind of continues to haunt everyone in the family in different ways. Yeah, I no, I I think it's. Uh, very, you know, I mean, the way that, uh, the, the first issue ends and stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, clear that, uh, they're, they are all, I mean, it's a dysfunctional family that, is, you know, <laughs> dealing with, you know, a father's on, on death's door and, uh, you know, the, the am I right? Is it, the, 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 the oldest sister, she's kind of running the company right now, right? Yeah. Well, like, she's, are they, she's... Are, or are those two different characters? I was wondering as the, as the business is. Or I should say, the land around the business is potentially for sale and everything. You know. Yeah, she's kind of taken over, okay. trying to trying to develop the town and the city into something new. And, and uh, you know, then there's I guess I'll get into the characters. So that's that's Tara. She's sort of the the oldest sibling. And yeah, did you not want to? I and mean, the can, most. I'll stop you, Jeff. If you don't want to spoil it, it's okay. no, no, I'm I'm totally into it. Yeah, okay. and uh, yeah, she's sort of the most responsible of the <laughs> of the of the siblings now um she stayed stayed in royal city and lived her whole life there and still you know very active with her in her parents lives and, and things like that whereas the other the other two brothers are kind of uh both black sheep in different ways richie you know, and... one character is yeah richie is the real black sheep he works at the factory and he's just a total fuck up and yes you know, whatever there's getting... a decision to make he always makes the wrong decision and he's self-destructive and He's clearly haunted by the death in the most immediate sense, you know. Um, so he's 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 uh, very much the opposite of Tara. And then the third sibling, third adult sibling, is is kind of my I I, I kind of describe him as my opposite doppelganger. You know, he, he's me if I made all the wrong dis- dis- choices in life. You know, he's a he's a guy who left he left Royal City when he was you know eighteen nineteen and went to school and. He wanted to be a writer, and you know, he he had one really successful novel that kind of put him on the literary map and made him a star. And uh, and his follow-up novel was a real bomb. And he's just been struggling since then to to uh, kind of live up to the promise of that debut novel. And, and so he's kind of this returns to the town sort of as this failure, and um, as the reason he comes back, the, re, the sort of the opening catalyst of the whole series is that their their father. 
uh, has a stroke, so they all kind of gather together around him, and, and as they gather, gather together, they're kind of forced to face all the decisions they've made and all the things they've done to hurt one another, and, and, and that's kind of the first arc, kind of where we start, and okay. from there it kind of goes off into a whole bunch of directions. Are you going to go into some kind of supernatural or anything, or is it a very grounded well, story? It's that's a tough question to answer. It's okay. uh, I think if you've read if you've read Essex County or, or Welder, you kind of know that I like to do. I, I guess the term is like magical realism, where you know there are fantastic things happening, but they're not always treated as supernatural. You know, they're just kind of part of the fabric of the town, and people just sort of take them as just part of their daily lives. You know, they're, so it's okay. not overtly supernatural, uh, but there are definitely fantastic things occurring all the time yeah heightened reality makes any sense yeah yeah almost poetic ways of um using visuals and 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 sort of surreal elements to kind of uh i guess illustrate the inner inner workings of the characters and you know like i did it with walder and essex yeah there's a lot of that yeah yeah we're all haunted by uh you know our 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 families and our and the ghosts that you know i mean uh, that represent the people that were part of our lives that have gone on but their influence kind of hangs over us and everything. And so, yeah, it is kind of heightened reality. And I suspect yeah, it as the, much. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the youngest brother, Tommy, who who died when he was 14, uh, he, he, I don't want to spoil the first issue. You've read it. But yeah, yeah he, he very much, even though he, he's been dead for 20-some years, he's still very much a character in the book. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> yeah. No, it's very it's yeah. it's great, man. Honestly, I, I uh, that's why I was bleak but compelling. And it truly is, man. No, it's great. I You you know how to write characters, and and that's the great thing, man. And I think you brought that into a lot of your superhero work as well. That you brought this, yeah, you know, touches to. of realism in in these characters. So yeah, and you know, like I said, there's not, you know, there's there's so many great creator own books coming out now, and so much stuff that I love reading. And but it's nice to it's nice to try to do a book like this. That's an ongoing series that doesn't really have that that kind of genre hook or high concept sort of hook to it it's just more it is a bit more grounded and more character driven you know and, and i think in, in a lot of ways it's probably the closest thing i've done to essex county since then but just sort of as an ongoing series and that really compelled me the, the chance to kind of create this setting and this these characters the way i did with essex but then be able to explore them on a ongoing basis you know for as long as i wanted um you know the way that if you look at what Jaime, the Hernandez brothers did, or especially Jaime with Maggie and Hopi, you know, you, you follow these characters from over the course of 30 years and you kind of see them age and grow and change. And that's such an amazing experience to be able to read that stuff. And, and I'm not saying I can do that, but just to be able to possibly follow this family in this town, you know, throughout my career now and, and explore different things as you know in my own life through them and stuff is, is, was really compelling to me so i'm pretty excited about the, the book that's terrific man and the, and i mean do you see it as something that will have an irregular schedule because of that or how do you how do you see it no for out? now at least it'll be ongoing i know that the first sort of big story that i'm telling here will be about 24 issues and then i might it might be a thing where i take a break and do something else and then come back to it you know in another five years when i have something else to say with the characters something like that but for at least the the first thing will be at least 20 30 issues and then we'll kind of see where i'm at there because there are other things i want to do as well so uh, it could be a thing like 
Brubaker and those guys tend to do with criminal where they, they did the, you know, a huge run of criminal and then they kind of stopped and are doing their other little sort of shorter series. And then, but then they'll come back to criminal every few years, you know, and sure. the, it could, could almost be like that with Royal city for me. That's really cool, man. No, I think that's, I think that's great. And as you say, it's, it really is for Essex, uh, you know, County fans and stuff like that. It does feel like uh, that return to that vibe, that sensibility. Yeah, it was good. You know, you, I, that was you now 10 years ago that I did, I did Essex and wow. I've done so much stuff. I know uh, since then and all the, the DC Marvel stuff and everything else, it's nice sure. to have to go back to that, you know, and kind of return to your roots, you know, and, and, and have that world to escape into. It kind of keeps helps keep me fresh and then it help keeps it helps keep the, the superhero stuff fresh, too, because I kind of have a break from it once in a while. Excellent. I want to talk about another collaboration you're doing. And that secret path, because my God, you know, I am. So, we're, we're all knuckleheads down here in the lower forty-eight, Jeff. You'll have to forgive us. Well, because, I'm well aware. Yeah, well, that. I'm sure you are. Most, Canadi- I, I, most I Canadians, I need only are. look at your two presidential candidates. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not that impressed with uh, Skippy uh, running uh, things up there either. I got to be. Uh, is he good? How's he doing? How is he, Justin? He how is Justin great. doing, Mr. Oh, Trudeau? No. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Time will tell. Time will tell. We'll see if he okay. he uh, he seems to have his heart in the right spot. But well, you know, right. he's still pretty new. We'll yeah, see what yeah. happens. Trudeau, right? Justin Trudeau, isn't that his name? Yeah. See, that's hey, pretty, yeah. that's pretty good for a forty-eighth. You know, for a lower forty-eighth. That was pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> well, because um, you know, this secret path is is really based on a very sad chapter in in Canadian history that I had no idea about, and I'll let you kind of tell the story. Well, that's- I guess I'm glad you said that because that's the whole point of the project, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I had, I had to, to forgive me. I had, I had agreed as part of this whole process of this project not to do a lot of press for this book for various reasons, but I, I, I think it's cool if we talk a little bit about it here. Yeah, um, if you don't mind. So the secret path is, uh, it's this collaboration. Um, there, this will be. Let me try to explain it as best I can. So there's this band in Canada called the Tragically Hip who are. You know, for Canadians, they're they're about as big as a rock band can could ever be. They're they're you know they're got, huge here. We got and a they lot have of sh- for, We have a lot of Chicago fans of the Tragically Hip. I've yeah, they do well actually have a lot of 90s. Chicago fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. They uh, they never broke huge in the U.S., but they're massive here. You know. So, um, anyways, that's just a bit of backstory. The lead singer of the band, Gord Downey, um, contacted me three years ago. I guess it will pretty much now. He had been a fan of Essex County and. He brought this story to me. This it's the the true story of this this young Ojibwe boy, Canada, in the 1960s, who was part of this what would we call the 60s scoop, which was um, uh, the church kind of opened up these residential schools where they would they would go and, and scoop up, literally scoop up and take uh, indigenous native children away from their families, bring them to these schools, and kind of uh, indoctrinate them in Christianity and kind of as they would say, beat the savage out of them. Wow. You know, they would try to, it was a horrendous, horrible part of our history. Yeah. Uh, tens of thousands, the, a huge percentage of these children were sexually abused by the priests and uh, physically abused, emotionally abused. It's it's a horrible part of our history that not enough people know about now. Um, and, it, and it went on well into the 70s and 80s. And uh, it's unbelievable, it's an unbelievable tragedy and a horrible story um anyway this one particular story is about a, a child named charlie Winejack who was taken from his family in the 60s uh to one of these schools and um 
he ran away as many of these children tried to run away, but he ran away and tried to walk home, not really realizing how far he was from his home and kind of not really fully understanding his whole situation, I guess. And uh, so he tried to walk the train tracks north back to his parents, his, his, where he grew up, and um, he froze and died on the way. And wow. uh, the, the, the school covered it up for a while. And and this is just one of tens of thousands of similar stories in you know Canadian history. And so Gord brought this story to me, and he had uh, he had written a, an album, recorded an album of ten songs, kind of based on the story of Charlie Wenjack. And he shared those with me, and he want, what he really wanted was for me to create a graphic novel based on his songs, and, and that with the idea being that we'd release them together at some point and and hope they'd even try to get some kind of an animated film made uh, just to raise awareness, you know, and and to this, to this issue, because like you said, even, even me growing up here in Canada and our schools, we didn't learn about any of this, you know, this is such a huge part of our history. And, you know, why didn't we learn about this, you know? And, and um, so if, if to, you know, high profile Canadian artists like Gordon, I can do a project like this and, and raise awareness. And and this is something that you can be used to be, to teach kids in school more about what happened and and everything. So that, that was the whole point of this, this project that Gord and I set out on. And, you know, we, we work, I've been working on it for two and a half, three years with Gord and, um, and yeah, it's going to come out in October now. Uh, and the CBC are, are kind of Canadian, television network is is producing a, an animated film where they're literally taking my drawings from the book and animating them wow uh, into an, an hour-long an hour-long film that will so it'll be like my drawings moving with his music basically and it's going to be on primetime television here and Gord's gonna do two shows in October uh perform the perform the songs with the animation playing behind him and uh it, wow. it's uh, it's uh I have you know obviously something I'm extremely proud of to be a part of this whole, this whole project. And, uh, it's been gratifying and, and emotional and in a lot of different ways. <clears throat> um, I know another part of this whole story is that, uh, my, sorry, you have to excuse me, John, I might get a little emotional here, but, uh, in back last year, Gord was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, uh, as well. So this something, that's kind of happened in the process of this creating this book and he and I, you know, come pretty close. So it's been a, it's been a real journey doing this book and October will it'll be the 50th anniversary of Charlie's death. And, uh, you know, it, we, we talk so much about all the superhero stuff I'm doing and everything, sure. but to do something like this is so important Absolutely. to me and, and maybe to a lot of other people. It's, it just shows you know the power of comics and why I love what I do. So I hear you. Man. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's something real special to be a part of. And... Dude, they got the right guy. I mean, that's the thing, and I'm really, I'm really glad that you're able to really make people aware of this, and that you and Gord found each other. And uh, God, I didn't know that he was, uh, you know, had had brain cancer either. Jesus, that's yeah. He's that's an amazing harsh, person. Uh, just he's you know just to spend his his energy that he has left to do this project yeah. and see it through is, is really special and to perform. It's going to be great. It's going to be a beautiful night for sure. In October when he performs, Oh man, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure you will be, you know, on social media telling people when they can watch it and stuff and, and as it's happening, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I understand Jeff and that's again, man, they got, they got the right guy. I think this is terrific. I, I, I you guys are really doing a, a, a wonderful thing to, you know, uh, hit hit this very tough subject and and let people know about it. And 
get the word out. God, what a, what an incredible project, and 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 truly, I, I think that's that's amazing, and I'm glad that you guys were were able to do it and and get it done. And uh, yeah, I know. should say one thing I forgot to mention: all all profits from this project, from the book, the album, the film, every cent that comes in will be is going is donated to a. Uh, to an Aboriginal charity here as well, so it's not Fantastic. something we're we're profiting from. Oh, sure. So anyone anyone who is listening to this, and it would be great, even if you're mildly interested in the subject or in my work, you should order it because it's 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 for a good cause for a- sure. And absolutely, the money will, will go somewhere good. Yeah, no, that's man, that's terrific, man. Seriously, I'm well, I'm fans of both of you guys. So, uh, you, you got one customer, and I have a feeling a lot of other Word Balloon listeners are going to jump on this. And yeah, you should uh, check it out. The this. the music alone is is pretty special. It's. Uh, it was great. You know, and creatively, it was very interesting for me to, you know, you're so used to, I'm so story focused. And when I'm writing for other artists or sure. drawing my own stuff, even, you know, so plot driven, story focused, character driven. And, but to have this project where it was, um, I was sort of, you know, I just had the music as my, my script basically. And, and music is so abstract yes. <laughs> in a lot of ways, the lyrics and the music and stuff is it's poetry really, you know, it's not, it's not a story. It's not a script. It's, so it, it kind of really opened me up creatively adapting these more abstract kind of thoughts and, and words and stuff and, and try to make a, st- a narrative out of those kind of pushed me in some really interesting directions that uh, I'm sure I'll use on everything I do now. So, you know, it's pretty rewarding in that way, too. That's amazing. So is is everything coming out in October or the album and everything? Yeah, it's all going to it's all the, the album and book come packaged together. Right, uh, and they'll be they'll be that's uh, October eighteenth. Okay, and then the Gord's playing in Ottawa on the, that day, uh, and then here in Toronto on the twenty first, which is the Friday. Okay, and then the twenty second, which is the fiftieth anniversary of Charlie's death, that will be when the CBC airs the airs the special. Our yeah, and we're bringing uh, Charlie's has three surviving sisters who are wow. now you know in middle age in their sixties, still live up north, and they're they're going to be at the show and stuff, and uh, it's going to be pretty amazing. Just, I can't you know this the last three years working on this with him has been incredible experience, you know. So yeah, some really some great times we spent up north as well, kind of doing some research and and just getting to know each other and. Yeah, it was. It's been. Uh, it's been a real journey. It's been amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing where comics can take you that you never, <laughs> no lie, you never man. anticipate when you're growing up. You know, reading the stuff and wanting to, to draw Batman or whatever. You know, you never. <laughs> something like this could come from it is is pretty special. So. Well, that's the thing, and and I mean, as you know, uh, as not trivial, but certainly a, a different way. I you know, when the NHL was like blown away from ex- Essex County, am I right? Back in the day. Didn't, did you get some uh, interest from the in the NHL? Yeah, I, I've heard from a few, play, yeah, a couple ex players and, and stuff who okay. really got into it. So yeah, it's it's cool, and the CBC really kind of latched onto it. It's there you go. sort of this Canadian literary thing. So it's uh, yeah, the Canadian the Canadian you know reading public has been very kind to me. <laughs> that's cool. Hey yeah. man, well you know I mean that's the thing, and I you know I I get to listen to uh, Q. Uh, comes in Chicago Public Radio, and I'm, I am. I'm always fascinated by what's going on up there, uh, culturally and everything. And I, I mean, this this is this is such an amazing historic story that again has been buried for so long. And uh, congratulations on, on. I'm so glad that that he found you and and that the two of you guys 
are able yeah, to it's collaborate been awesome. this way. It, yeah, it's it's been cool. It's really cool to see my stuff animated as well. These I there's uh, three this animation studio here is doing it, and uh, they're tr- you know they're literally taking the drawings and kind of turning them into three dimensional things. It's really wow. wild to see. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. God, I yeah. hope you know. I really do hope that there's something online or, or whatever. Cause oh yeah. It's going to stream, I think live when it's, when it's online, oh, when cool. it comes out that night. So yeah, I'll make sure it'll be all over my okay. like, social media and stuff. Excellent. Yeah. Is there, is there a website now that, and also I was going to ask, can you, can they pre-order the, the book? Yeah, and album? Yeah. You can do both. If you go to the, the website is secretpath.ca. And okay. It, that'll sh- shows a clip of the animated film and oh, great. gives you all the, all the backstory of this project and, and, and all the links to pre-order the book and, there's a there's two versions. There's like the the regular book with album, and then there's like a deluxe vinyl version. Oh, fantastic! A, a slipcase with I did like ten prints that are wow. song that are in there, and the books in there with it. And I think they're only doing five thousand of those, so that's a bit more limited. But it's a pretty nice package. Yeah. Holy cow! And Man. I drew all the packaging and all that stuff. So oh, it's, that's it's pretty cool. Oh my god! And and you know you're you're not that much younger than me. I mean you you've come from that generation when you know, albums used to have beyond the album so much great, you know, concept art and and you know, especially for yellow. artwork. Yeah, I yeah. mean the, the the yeah the album really celebrates. It. Yeah, it was that's another cool thing about the the book itself. I drew it in the dimensions of a you know twelve by twelve. The Fantastic. dimensions of a, a vinyl record, knowing that this would probably be the the end product. So it's kind of a different format too. It's sort of this weird giant square comics format. It's really neat. That's terrific, man. Oh man, and for what a what a wonderful, important thing to be part of. That's that's great, I, man. I'm yeah, telling it's you, been great. I, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know what little article I read, and but immediately I had to, I had to, you know, contact. There we go. That's hey, right, sorry, got caught. someone called again. Yeah, I'll do. No worry, man. It's okay. No, I was just saying, I, I, I don't remember what small article I read um, about it, and that's why I immediately messaged you and said, "Oh my God, this sounds incredible." And and yeah. yeah. So, no, dude, that that's, you know, that's great. Honestly, I can't say it enough in terms of, uh, you know, they got the, <laughs> they got the right guy, and it's you. You've got that kind of sensitivity in your work that can convey this kind of story. Uh, anyone who's read your stuff can say, yeah, absolutely, of course, this is the right guy to do it. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's been. Uh... It's been really great. It's been a. I really think it, the comics themselves are probably. It's got to be. I think it's probably the best thing I've ever done. So okay. it, I, I. It's completely silent, you know, because it's supposed to be read as you're listening to the music. So I understand. It, sure. It, it's uh. Wow. It's unique, definitely in format and in style. And yeah, I'm excited for people to see it. Hopefully, fans of my other stuff in the U.S. and elsewhere will still be able to find it. I know it's it gets a bit tricky because it's a Canadian publisher and stuff, but. There are. It's out there. You can find. You can find it if you go to the website. I don't know if you. Were, I don't know if you were aware of when uh, a year or two ago, Art Spiegelman was touring with a with a jazz combo and had discovered a bunch of silent graphic novels that dated back to the late eighteen hundreds and really into the nineteen fifties. Oh, wow. And it was called. No, Sp- I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, it was called Speechless, and it was it was great. And it, and I saw it. He he's only performed it in a few cities. Uh, and he, he brought it to the University of Chicago, and I saw it there. Oh, nice. And, and yeah, that sounds man. cool. No, and that's the thing. And, I mean, you know, I hope that this inspires more collaboration like that in terms of music and comics. Again, you're, you're, you're telling a really important story, but uh, I can also see that this would really be great. I mean, I can't – I remember there was a War of the Worlds um, rock album. 
from the late seventies, and actually, I think it was Canadian uh, produced, as I remember. Oh, really? And and yeah, and it and it combined, you know, really great uh, science fiction illustration with with uh, the a musical version of War of the Worlds. And but this that's neat. Yeah, I can't. Uh, this is this is great, and I man, I really look forward to seeing all this. Secretpath.ca for people who yeah. want the uh, the <laughs> website. You just reminded me of. I remember the one, the one example I can think of of comics and music was. Do you remember Tim Truman's Scout from the eighties? Sure. Oh, of course. There, there was one issue we had like a flexi uh, record in from his his band. Oh, I like, didn't know that. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, you had a band. That's, that's pretty great. cool. Oh my god, that's yeah. really cool. Jesus. I can't remember what issue it is, but I know I have it here somewhere. It's fantastic! Unique. Oh my god, there's yeah. Tim's another guy I haven't gotten to yet that I got to get. Uh, he's Genius. one of my heroes. Oh yeah. What a great oh yeah, great creator, man! It's so fun. I've talked to pretty much all those first comic guys except for Tim. Uh, he's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I heard he's re- he's we're getting off track, but I don't, no, it's, it's right. fine. I, uh, I I I've read that he is working on like a sequel or follow up to Scout with his son Ben is writing it. Oh, so that's cool. Be, I, I love Scout. I think it's one of the most underrated comics of the '80s. It's <laughs> super and super huge influence on Sweet Tooth for sure. I can see that. That's really cool. And I know yeah. he and his son had have done. Other story arcs with Scout. In, yeah, in they the did a great book called uh, Hawken as well. Him and Ben Truman. That was really kind of one under the radar, but I, that was a good one too. That's very very cool, man. All right, we'll lighten things up now, and we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, some of some of the other stuff you've got going on. I mentioned yeah. with, with Matt Kent, uh, the, your val- <laughs> your Valiant work. Well, and this is an interesting opportunity. You're doing there's there's something going on where there's going to be a change in. Uh, in uh you know a, a time paradox which will create an alternate yeah. universe version of the valiant universe where the soviet empire is kind of running things that's right, right. the stalin verse yeah that's really fun this is all matt's matt's concoction based it stems out of his he divinity. did uh, he has divinity which is incredible book and big fan even if you don't read superhero comics but you like sci-fi check out divinity i completely it's, it's one of the best sci-fi comics i've read at all forever it's i, uh, I absolutely it's agree great. yeah man because i'll be honest I, th- a lot of the valiant stuff just doesn't speak to me and they've got a lot of great writers and a lot of great artists but uh when i heard about the initial divinity story i was like oh this is great and i've had matt yeah, on to talk about cool. it so yeah and, the, and even the stalin verse thing i think is is pretty interesting yeah so i get to do like the soviet i'm doing bloodshot obviously yes. I, i'm <laughs> writing the monthly bloodshot book but i'm doing the the one shot the soviet cool soviet bloodshot which is was just a blast <laughs> that's awesome yeah. man no that's a lot of fun tell me about bloodshot because honestly this is i kind of make you guys when i when you're doing valiant stuff it's like all right give me the deal on these guys i did that with van lenti and i've done that with ken so yeah well bloodshot was a character i had zero interest in at all it was like Hilarious. this 90s like punisher kind of you know shoot him up ultra violent action hero character um and the, his whole deal is that he's this guy who I guess he was some kind of soldier who had a terrible accident and was infused with all these nanites that allow him to hit, like heal and he can't be killed. And okay. So it, it was this kind of character, and I had like zero interest in Bloodshot at all. <laughs> <laughs> but when Warren Simons approached me about it, but then uh, the more I started thinking about it, you know, the more it started. I've always I, I always loved the Punisher. You know, I love Garth Ennis's Punisher. Sure. I. Uh, and I always kind of wanted to do a story sort of like that, you know, that's sort of like a more grounded, gritty crime action kind of thing. And okay. I started to see Bloodshot as like a lot of potential to kind of explore that kind of stuff. And, and also just to comment, use this character almost to comment on itself, you know, or use him as this vehicle to, to comment on 
our our obsession with violence and and guns and 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 all this stuff that kind of was plaguing our society, you know. So you can almost take the character and twist him inside out and use him as a, a vehicle to kind of comment on the very thing he was created to be, you know. So it became really interesting to me anyway, this kind of Frankenstein kind of character. And I've fallen in love with the character and his world. And, uh, you know, I've been writing the book for uh, 24 issues now. And wow. uh, I think I've done a lot of world. It, the, the fun thing about Valiant is such, it's, since it's such a new universe, you know, as opposed to Marvel or DC who have been around for 70, 75 years or whatever. Sure. Valiant is so new that there's still you can still take one of these characters and you can do so much world building with it. You know, it's almost like if you were at Marvel in the '60s, you know, where you could kind of take these concepts and just introduce so much new stuff and certainly really build this whole world. You know, and to get to do it with guys like Matt and, and Josh Dysart and Fred and Rob Vendetti, these are all you know friends of mine. So sure. it's it's fun to sit down in a room with these guys and build a superhero universe with them. And, and it's so small and, and contained that we can really have a lot of control and, and influence on it. So, yeah, but Bloodshot's been really fun. I've been, I know a lot of it, Valiant stuff is, uh, it's not as widely read as some of the Marvel and DC stuff, but I think it's, it stands up with anything I've done. You know, it certainly stands up with Green Arrow and Animal Man. Moon Knight uh, is one of the things I'm most proud of. I think I've done a lot of really cool things with it and have a lot of cool stuff planned too moving forward. That's excellent, man. No, you know, and honestly, Valiant is incredibly kind and sends me trades and, and issues, and I do have a stack, in it, and I do, like, you know, find – I read Time Walker, uh, Fred's stuff, and I read mm -hmm. Matt's Divinity stuff, and it's good to hear because now, I, again, I've got several Bloodshot trades, so it gives me – Yeah, a, check it out, man. I'm really proud of it. Well, I think it's go. good stuff. Well, and, that's, yeah. you know, and, and I know Warren, too, is a wonderful – he's got a great eye. He's one of those editors. Uh, he's just, awesome. He gets it, and he really – he picks the right people for the right books, and he – you know, yeah, certainly had so that rep at Marvel. With. So yeah, it's good to see that he's you know thriving at Valiant. And every every guy that I hear, it's like, oh yeah, Warren got me for this, and I'm like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's like uh, I remember back when I was doing the Essex, you know, and I was at Top Shelf with with Rob or with uh, yeah, Rob and Diddy and Matt. And okay. Nate Powell and all these guys, and it kind of felt back then like this weird little family that we had, you know, and and it almost feels the same way now with Valiant, where it's a lot, a lot of the same guys and Warren and. And it's just a small, tight knit group. It's 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 a real, really fun to work with those guys, and really rewarding. And uh, uh, and I love it. Yeah. Is that your one valiant book? Are you doing any other valiant books with? Yeah, you? yeah. I'm I'm just doing the one book for now. That's cool. Shot. It focuses on you know. Obviously, I got a lot of stuff going on at Marvel. Well, yeah. Too, so it's yeah. Well, and I was going to ask you earlier too. Um, like, are you doing this because you want you feel like you got to strike while the iron is hot? I mean, because you do you're you're spinning a lot of plates right now, man. Yeah, I know. I, I it, some of it it just happens, you know. Sure. A lot of the stuff like a lot of the timing is weird where you might have there are certain things I've been working on for a long time but then they don't get announced or start getting published for Understood. for various reasons. So it's this weird thing now where I have like this bottleneck of tons of projects coming out all at once, but some of the stuff like you know, was written, written a long time ago and Okay. Whatever, but yeah, I, I do. I do know what you mean. It, I think I'm kind of reached my peak here. Where <laughs> I don't mean it in a bad have... way, Jeff. I, I really don't. No, no, <laughs> I do because it's burning me up. <laughs> well, I understand yeah, that I kind of I've, I've stretched myself about as far as I can. I get this, and I, I kind of know what my comfort zone is. So I probably will start scaling back a bit. In, okay. In the new year and shifting focus a little more to create our own stuff, and then 
you know, keeping a, a nice foothold and doing you know some stuff for Marvel and Valiant, but maybe just not quite as much. Understood. Understood. Well, yeah. like, all right, let's transition to Marvel because I just had your your uh, press conference on with you and Charles talking about yeah. uh, Inhumans. Uh, ver- I, I, is it XVI or IVX? Uh, it depends which one of us you ask, but I would say it's XVI. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. It's uh, yeah. it's fun writing with Charles. He's yeah. He's fun. He's a funny guy. He's really. Uh, we we actually another easy collaboration. Um, Fantastic. Him and I, we, you know, and there's sort of this natural, natural division anyway. In that, if there's a scene or a, whatever that's a little more X Men focused, you know, it tend, it's it's kind of easy for me to do that one, and then he'll do the ones that are a little more humans focused. But so it's easy to kind of split up the the issues. But yeah, it's been really easy. Once a once a week or every two weeks, we'll just get on the phone and go through our outlines and kind of break down the issue and split up who's going to write what and. We just kind of go off and do it, and yeah, it's been pretty effortless. It's certainly fun to write one of these big events. You know, I haven't. I wanted to know about a, that. Yeah, little please. bit of it at a uh, little bit of it at DC. You know, I, I stuff with Jeff Johns on Trinity War and stuff, and but it, this will be kind of the first time where Charles and I are kind of running points on one of these big events, and it's it's it, it's been you know it's a ton of work, obviously, and sure. it's stressful, but. It, it's really also pretty fun, you know. I got to say, and getting to work with guys like uh, Aaron Cooter on Death of X, and then Lenel Yu on uh, on on IVX, you know, fantastic, it's, it's pretty 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 great artist. To work Hell yeah! With, so. Oh yeah, no big Cooter fan and and Linial, absolutely. That's yeah, that's me cool. too. So yeah, you know, tell me about breaking an event versus breaking your own thing. I mean, it, you know, g- give me the differences. Oh God, well, where to it's start? Just, it's just <laughs> it's just way it's just much more of a collaboration where, you know, when you're doing your own thing, you're doing your own thing. So it's just sure. you or you and you and whatever artist you're working with. And whereas these events there, there's, Discussion. it's just a bigger, yeah. a bigger machine, you know? So it's, you know, Charles and I, and, and the editors from, from both BX and in human offices and Axel and all in a room. So, you know, it's, it's much more of a group effort. Almost, I, I guess, I guess it would be like the difference between sitting down and writing your own screenplay as opposed to like being in a, a television writer's room, sure. you know, where, you know, so it's more okay. of the writer's room thing, which is, was really interesting, you know, and you get all kinds of different perspectives and points of view into these stories and uh, you can really workshop stuff. And it, it was interesting. I, you know, it's, it's different for me. I'm used to sitting out in a room by myself and drawing my own <laughs> stuff. So being in a, being in a boardroom with like, 10 people throwing ideas around it's nice refreshing change to kind of <laughs> to do something like that and yeah it's it's fun it Very was cool. it's a lot of fun that's yeah. cool excellent well tell me about moon Knight. uh what's going on in the world of mark specter uh, I, I mark doesn't even know what's going on in the Indeed. world of mark specter yeah it's uh <laughs> that book is the most fun i've had you know it's uh I pitched it to Nick Lowe as basically, yeah, so it'd be Moon Knight and New York City is like half buried in sand and there's giant pyramids and then, <laughs> you know, and oh, and, and then there's werewolves on the moon. And he's like, cool. <laughs> and that was pretty much my editorial <laughs> discussion that I, you know, and then I was just writing the scripts and kind of doing the craziest shit I could think of. And That's outstanding. Uh, yeah, that book's a super fun, but I mean, Jordy and, and Greg Smallwood are such a good team, man. When I first saw Greg's artwork coming back for the first couple of issues, I was like, just blown away. It reminded me of 
when I first saw the first few pages of Travel Four Minutes sent when I was doing Animal Man, where oh, I was that's like, great. "Oh shit, this is going to be something a step above." You know, it was. Uh, oh yeah. Greg is incredible, man. Holy cow, the different styles he's using, and you know, I would put notes in the script like, "This is kind of more like the classic Sinkevich, uh, Doug Munch kind of Moon Knight," and then he would kind of channeled bill sinkevich and these certain panels or scenes and it's like oh my god it was just like a dream come true yeah it's been fun playing with different realities and different kind of marks different personalities and (laughs) getting different artists to sort of represent each one and and i promise a lot of people are are, i think a lot of people are getting a little worried now that i don't have no idea what i'm doing but i promise (laughs) it it all comes together (laughs) it's all done it's all mapped out and it, it really does all come together are you staying on the book, or is your is your run uh, winding down? What's going on? No, it's going to be an extended run. I mean, okay, cool. I don't want to say how many issues it is yet because I don't want to. I don't want to tip my hat to any story stuff. But yeah, it, it will be. It'll be a nice long story. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's not a six issue or a ten issue thing. It's much. It's longer than that. So. Well, and and also, unfortunately, you know, you're kind of victim to that. You know, Marvel now, like, all right, we're going with a new number one and things like that. I mean, you've had a couple yeah, number ones. Yeah, that stuff's you? out of your control. You know, you, of course you just, it is. You of write, course it is. You, you just write the story you write, and then that's all. You know, the marketing department deals oh, yeah. with the rest. But oh, yeah, no, I, I think I, I don't see Moon Knight relaunching with a new number one. I think we'll. Well, I, I'm pretty sure we'll. You've already had two. No, correct? no, it was oh, that was it was Hawkeye that had the I think three oh, number one. Excuse me. All right, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, and I'd forgotten about which I loved by yeah. the way. Wonderful run on Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that is that still happening, or did you finish your run? No, I had uh, my yeah. run in Hawkeye was done. Yeah, I did the three arcs with Ramon Perez. That was really fun. But, oh, you yeah. know, that was one of those ones where we definitely knew the end when we started it. We knew it was a, it was more of a finite run. Okay. You know, Moon Knight's a bit longer than that. So that's a, well. Issue five is the most recent, or is six? Uh, I think I six know. came out. I'm really bad at remembering which okay. which ones are coming out when. But yeah, I think six just came out. And, okay, cool. Because yeah. I, I know I, I know I bought five, so I'm gonna have to go back and grab it. And by the way, I just want to say because you you are absolutely right. Smallwood, Greg Smallwood is amazing, and I yeah. When he and, and Jordy Jai, Blair too, and Jordy absolutely together. Oh yeah, yeah. no no. And, but I mean, I I guess Greg in particular, I became aware of him when he was doing was a Dream Thief with Giants. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and that's the first time I saw him, and it's like, oh my god, dude! Met him at a couple yeah, of concerts. He just... Like, oh, he's amazing. He's like, he's another. Like you said, he's like, he's he can channel all these different other styles. When I first saw him, he was like, he reminded me a lot of Somni, Chris Somni, in a lot of ways. So yeah, his stuff uh, keeps. To, I feel like it keeps evolving too. Yep. You know, even there was Dream Thief, and then he did a small run on Moon Knight with uh, uh, Brian Wood, oh, which was great. Right. But then I feel like this, the Moon Knight he's doing now, is like. 10 steps up on that even it's just he he's he seems to just keep topping himself and that's expanding cool. his 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 tricks you know he's he's great that's excellent man and i was a big fan of that munch sinkevich stuff that was uh oh, in back too. in back of those black and white uh, hulk uh, magazines and stuff in addition to what we got in the regular uh comic as well that was totally like for me that's like when the direct market was i was most aware of the direct market and and you know books like Moon Knight where the you know that was like the special book you couldn't get on the magazine racks you had to go to a, a yeah shop was, to that get stuff's it. really cool it oh, really yeah. it was fun to sometimes you get these gigs and these characters and you have to go back and read stuff and it sure. can be a little pain painful sometimes <laughs> depending <laughs> on what the depending who the character is and what era they you know but uh, going back and reading Moon Knight was a joy because you had the Sinkevich Munch stuff which is incredible you know so far out of its time and just awesome and you get to see bill sort of evolve oh, as yeah. an artist throughout that run it's oh, yeah. you know there's so much there's a lot of a lot of rewards in reading that stuff and then 
of course, it's it's not really hard work to read the Warren Ellis stuff and you know, Bendis stuff, and because that stuff was all really good too. So. Oh yeah. But I, yeah, I was I was certainly a classic Moon Knight fan as well, and and yeah, I've always enjoyed everybody that's pretty much worked on the character since. Uh, I've, I'm like Father Flanagan with Moon Knight. I don't know a bad Moon Knight. I've never met one. <laughs> if you know your Boys Town, so. <laughs> hey, have, I've never asked. Like, what do you think of Arrow compared to what you did on uh, Green Arrow and stuff? Well, if I ever watched it, I would tell you. I haven't. You still haven't watched, <laughs> watched it? Okay, no worries. Nah. Well, you know what? When it was on, it was like. I got the writing the the Green Arrow writing job mm-hmm. when it was first starting, yes. so I thought, I, but I want to do at least. I didn't want to get too influenced by it, so I just started writing my own stuff before watching it because uh, I didn't want to, you know, right. get too pushed in one direction. And and then I did watch, I think, the first season after I had written a certain amount of issues, and, and I enjoyed it for what it was. But sure. then I never really followed up on it. To be honest, I I don't watch a lot of the superhero TV shows or movies. I just. I don't know. I spend so much of my time thinking about that stuff anyway. When I want to watch TV or movies, I kind of want to watch something else. You know? <laughs> could, well, yeah, exactly. I always use the hardware store analogy and saying, yeah, you work all day at a hardware store, and at night you dive into a pile of nails. I don't think you want to do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, I, there's some, there's a weird part of me that just – I know the, the superhero stuff's really good, and a lot of people really like the movies and the TV shows and stuff, but I don't know. I, I love the comics so much. I just – prefer i prefer the comics i, <laughs> I don't well, and also, i almost don't i don't like seeing them adapted i can appreciate that well and also <laughs> I, I feel I, protective of them or something oh that's interesting but i also can appreciate like i know all those years that uh tim seeley was doing hack slash he never watched buffy because he didn't want to be influenced by yeah yeah know. i can see that too yeah, yeah you know stuff like that so no i don't blame you that's that's okay. No, you're doing fine, man. You don't you don't need the influence of uh you know, they they need your influence. They you don't need their influence at everything. I think that's fine. And I what I always loved about your run in particular, I mean Sorrentino was such a great artist as well. But Yeah, he's great. But it really it, it from for me it felt like those great Mike Grell years where it was Yeah, just well really, that's you know that's the one green arrow thing I really love. So Attaboy. I kinda tried tried to hook back into it and, and bring some of that forward again oh yeah man no it was great and you know seriously that run was one of the bright spots of i think uh the five years that dc was kind of wandering in the wilderness trying to figure itself out oh truly truly i felt that way about your adam stuff and your superboy stuff as well it was like you know there's a lot of crap out there but at least lemire seems to understand these dc heroes so frankenstein (laughs) i love i love frankenstein's little uh you know story and as well in the new 52 yeah, that was one. I, 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 that's the one book I left too soon. I think Frankenstein. I could have had some more fun with that one. I'm sure. Oh well, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, do your own stuff, yeah, man. It's it all right. Yeah, do, do your own thing. I think it's great. And I, you know, hey, if it pays the bills and it, you know, it's it's it makes it easier to work on your stuff by keeping one foot in a DC or a Marvel or a Valiant and stuff. That's fantastic because you manage yeah, to still but- get your voice across working with these characters obviously in valiant like you said you're kind of with square one with bloodshot and everything but you know these yeah, other it's things fun. I, you know you know I, I the truth is i could probably well, i could survive financially and stuff without marvel or dc now which is a great place to be but yeah, I, I don't do it i don't do it for the paycheck so much now as just that i really love the <laughs> i still really love superheroes and i love writing that stuff so it's fun to be able to to keep doing it, you know. Well, you're doing a great job, man. Keep it up. All, all of, I mean, that's the thing. I think you're when you when you do get to do your creator own stuff, it's your unique voice coming through. It also comes through on your superhero stuff, and the love shows through. What a what a what a maudlin thing to say. Good Christ. Thanks. But you know it's. I but should it, you mention. Know it's uh, 
the one Marvel book that we didn't get to talk Tell about, me. which is uh, Thanos, which I'm writing, and that one's coming out in October, the new Thanos oh. series. Mike Diodato's drawing it. Wow. That has been uh, a super, it's the f- most fun I've had writing a, a a non-creator on book in a while it's a blast you know, so what's to your write, uh, yeah tell us about your take on thanos as we as we introduce i can't i can't because the first issue has such a hook at the end that I, I there's no way to even dance around it so i'm <laughs> but it's it's really fun to write a villain and just try to do the most horrible things you can do every month Interesting. and not have to feel bad about it oh wow it's been blast but it also just to do a big sci-fi book like like that i feel like in a lot of ways what I'm doing, what I'm planning to do and doing with Thanos is almost a companion book to Descender in a lot of ways, the, the world building. And it's been, feels like similar territory sometimes. So it's been really fun. And Mike's, Mike's really, I never know. I didn't know Mike Diodato before we started working on this, but he's uh what a great guy he is. Holy, such a nice guy. And <clears throat> his pages look amazing and really, really nice collaborator. He's just uh such good energy, you know. And visually, I mean, that's the thing when you when you draw your own sci-fi stuff, you see the tropes and everything that's there. But it's it's your you know that that kind of uh, homemade kind of feel that your art has, sure. and everything comes through. And it's great. Now you got a one eighty. You know, you got to you got it with Dustin a bit as well. But God, Mike is such a shiny classic yeah you real like not real i don't know, even know what do you call that style of art is it realistic i don't know mike's mike's actually kind of when he got the gig he kind of told me he wanted to change things up a bit so he's been experimenting a little bit interesting he's he's been really he told me he's really influenced by sean murphy al williamson and wally wood so that's who he's trying to channel. that doesn't suck <laughs> wow yeah that's very he's doing some really fun stuff with textures and things i hadn't seen him do before that and and his panel arrangements and yeah, it's pretty cool. So well, that sounds incredible. Dude. I think it's going to be a super fun book, anyway. Very, very cool. It's coming out in October. Yeah, it launches in October. Excellent, dude. You're doing good. All right, I'm going to wrap up because I'm going to let you go because you got to get back to making the donuts. I do. I, I got to go. I got to go home and make dinner. Well, there you go. I got and I got to get back to radio. But I, uh, I'm glad we had an opportunity. <laughs> That's the truth. I got. <laughs> uh, it's always fun, John. Always a pleasure, Jeff. Seriously, and and I'm so pleased that everything is working out because. You're a great, unique uh, voice for a lot, you know, and a, and, a, and a style as far as your writing and your art and everything in comics. And I'm glad that the audience uh, responds and looks forward to these incredible projects that you're doing. So keep it up. And uh, well, thanks, man. I this... feel lucky yeah. every day that I get to do what I do, and people actually buy it and support it. Uh, I'm pretty pretty lucky guy, so I, I can't complain. Atta boy. Well, let's uh, let's talk sooner than later, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll come back on some of this stuff. But there's a lot to look forward to in October, November, and the months ahead from Jeff Lemire. So thanks for talking, dude. Thanks, John. We'll talk to you again, man. That's Jeff Lemire. I know you're reading his books because uh, they're among the best books that are out there right now. Really uh, excited about uh, Gord Downey and his uh, project, Secret Path. Uh, do me a favor. Go to secretpath.ca. And uh, you'll get more information, and uh, you can order the book there. You can order the book also through Amazon uh, CA, Amazon Canada. And uh, what a what a wonderful cause! And uh, I really uh, I'm supporting this, uh, not only uh, helping uh, them promote it, but also financially as well. I bought the I bought the graphic novel. Absolutely, are you nuts? Uh, man, what a what a heartbreaking story! But I think a really important issue. And I know that uh, the Prime Minister is uh, very involved. And in fact, he, like I said, I even watched some uh, news videos. And uh, if you check around uh, YouTube, you'll find a lot of uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's uh, comments on uh, the indig- indigenous situation. Vice, 
that amazing TV show did a did a report and uh, also uh, talked very much uh, with uh, Trudeau about what's happening with uh, the indigenous people and everything. So uh, pretty neat, and uh, that's really cool of them. They're they're good national people. You see, they care about their country. That's awesome. And in the wake of our election and everything here in the states, uh, I always respect that kind of nationalism. So that'll do it for today's word balloon. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, our conversation and more great stuff coming up in October. Man, I'll tell you, uh, I, I still have uh, panels to uh, share with you from Cincy Comic Con. Uh, most likely, uh, uh, Brian Azzarello is our next guest because Moonshine uh, started today as we're speaking on Wednesday uh, from Image, his wonderful new series with Eduardo Riso. And uh, we'll talk to Brian and uh, also with Eduardo because uh, they did uh, a couple panels at Cincy Comic Con. I'll share those with you in our next episode of Word Balloon. Brian Azzarello, Eduardo, Eduardo Riso, and Dave Johnson. Uh, so uh, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you'll uh, join me for the next episode. Today's episode brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And uh, more great uh, product from Jeff Lemire from InStock Trades. We mentioned the great uh, Green Arrow Run, Volume 6. How about uh, Broken? Uh, him and Andrea Sorrentino. Some of the best Green Arrow stuff in a really, really long time was happening during their run. It's uh, 45% off, $8.24. Jeff wrote a Teen Titans Earth 1 hardcover. And Terry Dodson did the art. So if you appreciate that Earth 1 different spin, uh, they've done those uh, great books of uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Well, the Teen Titans one was written by Jeff Lemire, drawn by Terry Dodson. 45% off, $12.64. There, of course, was Justice League United, featuring Justice League Canada. Uh, Volume 1 is uh, Jeff Lemire and Mike McCone. 45% off, $13.74. Did I mention uh, Hawkeye, all-new Hawkeye, Volume 5? I think I did. Ramon Perez and Lemire, uh, 42% off. It's $9.27. You can get uh, volumes, uh, Volume 2 of uh, Justice League United, the Infinitus Saga, and that is uh, Neil Edwards and Lemire, 45% off, $13.74. You can get the deluxe hardcover of, uh, and let's see, what does this collect now? This collects 17 through 34 of the Green Arrow runs, Secret Origins number 4, and Future's End number 1. So uh, pretty neat uh, Green Arrow stuff there from uh, Andrea Sorrentino and Jeff Lemire. It's 45% off. It's $27.49. You can get the first volume of Extraordinary X-Men. Volume 1 is Haven. That's Umberto Ramos and Jeff Lemire. And it's uh, 42% off, $9.27. Again, Descender is available to you. The first two volumes, 45% off, $8.24 for Volume 2, and even a better deal on uh, Volume 1. So uh, do, do, my, do yourself a favor. Head to InStockTrades.com. Check out all these great deals. I've been telling you about Jeff Lemire product. There's a whole lot more. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you receive free shipping. They make it really easy to find uh, books you want at prices you won't believe. InStockTrades.com. Thanks for listening today to Word Balloon. Hope you'll join us again for the next episode. Brian Azzarello uh, from uh, Cincy Comic Con talking about Moonshine with Eduardo Riso. Also, he, Eduardo, and Dave Johnson look back at the 100 Bullets run. We have a, a great conversations, and I'm proud to bring them to you on the next episode of Word Balloon. Be there. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.